Welcome to The Art of Social Media, a podcast by Social Pilot. We host in-depth discussions with world-leading social media marketing experts that will help you discover the techniques, strategies, and skills you need to use to grow your business using social media. Now, here's your host, Tejas Mehta. Publishing on other channels, then I think that's where your model of create works, publish everywhere comes in. Talk to me more about that model and how does it help <clears throat> in publishing everywhere? So create once published everywhere, certainly, you know, it does say everywhere, but not everywhere is not always the answer, but as many places as close as possible to everywhere is what I would think about. So I'll give you an example. When let's say I'm doing, let's say I'm creating an article. Can that article be turned into a web story? Part of it, right? Pieces of it. Could that web story be turned into a YouTube short, a TikTok, an Instagram reel? Could it be used as a slideshow on LinkedIn? The answer is that probably it can, right? Depending if you already have all that content. They're not always the same pieces of content from the same article. Let's call the article the source content, but pieces of it can be reused. And then also, you know, when you're on podcast, I mean, you might still talk about the same thing, right? Not everything about everything, but pieces of it. So you have to figure out what's that story? What are you trying to get out there? And, and I think what's different from, in my opinion, from marketing 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, marketers have done this forever, right? But what they've done is they, they do it at a smaller level, right? They say, here's our talking points that we talk about. And at the bottom of the funnel, that is just fine, right? Like if somebody is literally talking to you about your product, whatever, like, yes, stick to the product, stick to the features, stick to how it's going to help you, how it's going to help them. I mean, but overall, you know, if you have all the different stages of the funnel, you have to have way more than four talking points, right? You have to figure out what are the different things? How does this, how do we feel about this? How do we feel about that? What's our opinion on this? And that's, I think, really, really important. And Sometimes people struggle with that just because it's more than what it used to, right? And this is how we used to do it. And, you know, let's be honest, top of the funnel and maybe bottom of the fu- middle of the funnel, sometimes that's easy to forget about. Yeah. But at the same time, having an opinion on various aspects, be it related to my brand and my audience and the industry, that's a lot of work, right? That's putting in efforts in analyzing, for example, let's talk about me, right? Uh, social Pilot is a social media publishing software. What's happening to Twitter, right? Do I have an opinion? Maybe some cloudy opinion, right? Do I know a lot of facts to kind of form an opinion? Very difficult, right? So mm-hmm. my point is, it's very difficult to kind of navigate a lot of things, right? In that scenario, how does a company optimize on content creation? Because content, as we see, is, is a vast ocean. It's it's never ending, right? You can do like literally 10,000 pieces a year if you have the resources. How do you prioritize and optimize that? I mean, first of all, you want to put a process into place. I mean, I'm a big fan, even with the business storytelling show, right? That's like the centerpiece for everything, you know, and ideas come from that. Content comes from that. I don't write an article about every every single episode, but I write articles. I just did one, the one on podcast teasers, which is a 600-word article, and it literally came out of 30 seconds out of an episode with Zach Mitchum, who is a YouTube strategist. So I took a piece of it, right? And I think that the trick is to figure out that process, how you want to do it. I do live stream to podcasts, to articles, to social, to other things, to who knows where. Maybe at some point there'll be another book, you know, something like that. Um, And the other thing is, it's okay that you don't chase every idea that's out there, right? So you can't chase every single idea that somebody has. I also would recommend leaders to understand 
that there, there should be a method to the madness. I'll give you an example. And I don't remember the guy's name now, top of my head, but the president of American Airlines, he says he never, when he sees an, so let's say he's traveling somewhere, he's at the airport and an American Airlines employee does something. He says, I will never go over there and say, hey, that's not how you should do that. That's not by the book or whatever. And people really gave him a hard time for that. And they were like, why wouldn't you? You're the president, whatever, you know, or CEO, whatever his title is. And he said, here's what you got to remember. I don't know the whole situation, right? I don't know what's going on. I don't know why they did that. They might have a very good reason. And I'm the CEO of the company now, and they, they'll know that, right? When I go over there. So why do I have to challenge them on it? Especially if it didn't, there was no danger, you know, it was just a minor thing potentially, but I don't know the details. And the same goes in corporate content strategy, right? You have CEOs, you have executives, you have people that are high up on the ladder, they run around and they tell the content team, hey, 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 we should do whatever, X, Y, Z. But they have no clue whether that's even a good idea. They have no clue how that fits with all the other priorities. They have no clue. All they know is that they just ran into a guy in the hall, in the elevator or whatever, right? On the plane, sat next to a guy on the plane. And they said, this might be a good idea. And now all of a sudden, everything else has to be dropped. That doesn't mean that executives shouldn't have ideas. They should. All ideas are welcome. But don't present them like marching orders, right? Present them like, what do you think of this? How does that fit in? Where does it fit in? May, do we already have something on this, right? So it's just something to keep in mind. I thought that it was, it's very interesting. I think that's easier said than done because even look at the American Airlines CEO. I mean, he took a lot of flack for saying that. And I actually think it's the right thing to do, but some people didn't. So, you know, it, it's, it's more difficult than it used to be, I think. Yeah. Without the context, I think marching orders, it, it's a doomsday theory. So totally with you on there's an interesting aspect on local marketing as well, right? Content strategy for local marketing, where the audience is like geographically concentrated. How would one think about that? So local marketing is very fascinating to me because it's a whole different thing. And, and I think everything when, you come, when it comes to content strategy is there's always something that you do, but the actual reason why you're doing it is not what people think necessarily. So I'll give you an example. Greg Gifford was on the show and he talked about local links. So I think if, if I were to go, I shouldn't make up a number, but I bet you if I go to most local business owners with a website and I talk to them about getting a link from another site, the only thing that they would think about, unless they heard this episode, is that that means inbound traffic, right? How many people are coming here from that other site? And Greg said, yes, you want inbound traffic, no doubt. But all these local links still matter, even if there's no traffic at all, because they're now lifting you up in local search results. Google sees, hey, look at all these local places linking to you. They help, even if there is not a single visitor ever, because those sites don't have very many visitors. But I think people don't think about that because, you know, it, it used to be maybe more black and white, not as convoluted, not as complicated, really. So you want to do that. And, and I think there's also, there is a place for content strategy and, and local, uh, for local businesses, for sure. The other thing, and we had Eric Van Kirkhove on the show, and he owns a printing business. And he, you know, there's other things too, like try direct mail. You know, if you're a truly local business, 
Let's say you're a local business in a relatively small town in Iowa. You draw a geofence around wherever you want to reach people, you know, send them some campaign, use the same campaign online as well. Maybe you have some articles around that same topic too on your website, but there are strategies. So when people say to me, oh, all of our all of our marketing is word of mouth or whatever, you know, I have, you know, people say that all the time, right? We don't need any digital marketing. We don't need any content marketing. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, I don't even sell content marketing, right? I don't, you can't, I mean, I'd be open to doing a project for somebody here and there, but I'm not actively out there selling consulting services, right? And I'm like, I don't even care if you do it or not, but I think it's wrong. I think you need to probably do something to kind of lift your business. And then, you know, when something happens, you already have that presence established. Yeah. A lot of small businesses have this uh, mindset, right? We'll spend money on ads and that gives us leads or visitors or customers. It's an uphill task to kind of explain them the importance of branding and how the content kind of plays in their favor in the long run. So that's something that a lot of agencies case that we hear from. But that brings me to an interesting question, right? How do you think about content strategy as an agency versus thinking about it as a brand? Because as an agency, you're now thinking about content strategy for multiple brands. Is there a difference in mindset or approach? Well, I think for an agency you know, that, that works with companies, there's always the advantage of being able to apply what you learned with one brand to another brand, right? Because you're learning across, even if you never talk about the other brands. But I also think there's value. So there's value in working with agencies for, for certain things. For content specifically, I don't know. I mean, ask me again in six months and or, or a year and I might change my opinion. But I to truly rock content strategy, I think you have to have somebody in-house. I'm not saying you need, you know, a 20-person team or something. But And, and the reason I say that is because Yes, you can have a database that's searchable. Yes, you can have all these different technical tools. And I use them too, right? And I'm in-house. I'm in-house content strategist. But there's also a, a level of institutional knowledge, right? So the more you learn about the company and the more you're involved in stuff, the better the content gets, the more relevant it gets, the easier it is to pivot, for lack of a better term. And I really think for some projects, that's really, really hard to do for like freelance content strategists. Now, it's not impossible. I know there's some writers out there that do fantastic work. You know, they really understand companies. And so it doesn't mean it doesn't work. But if you wanted to work with an outside person or an outside agency, you have to make sure you pick the right one. And that is by far easier said than done. Now, not just picking on agencies, the same can be said about in-house teams, right? It's much easier said to be done hiring the right team. I mean, you could hire people who don't know what they're doing, who don't know how to do it, who don't know how to learn the industry, who don't know how to learn new new pieces, new content pieces. One of the things I love probably the most is figuring out the new content formats and understanding them and using them as soon as they're relevant. And you know, as a journalist back in the day, I probably didn't think about that. But it's so important, right? Because if you can drive some results through YouTube Shorts, you should do YouTube Shorts. But you're probably not going to do YouTube Shorts if somebody's going to charge you 10 grand to produce one, right? So you're going to have to figure out how do you do that? How do you tie it together? And then, you know, as you said earlier, create ones and publish it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and you're right. It's so difficult to find in-house people. As a matter of fact, we're looking for somebody to lead our content strategy and the search has been going on for like quite some time. 
finding the right fit is difficult. But yeah, uh, new formats constantly evolve. It has to be kind of, you know, experimenting and be aware of those. Having said that, what format works now in social media particularly? Say that again, what works in social media? What format of content works in social media right now? So I know everybody's talking about video, 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 video. And I think there's something to that. Uh, but again, your videos have to be formatted well. They have to tell a good story. That's becoming easier and easier. I mean, you can do closed captions now on Instagram, right? I mean, it's the easiest thing ever now to do. So I think video is fine, but text works too. I mean, if you look at what's working and what's not working, it's not about the format, honestly, as much as it's about the substance. What are you going to talk about that's interesting? How, you know, how does it make sense to people? Some corporate brands are still really, truly stuck on using marketing gobbledygook as their language, right? So just be human, you know, be more approachable, use language that humans actually would use and not just marketing people. But I'm a big fan of video, audio, when it makes sense. I, I think, I don't know if Twitter moved away from that, but they did have a, an audio feature. Um, also live video, I think is a great way to try. So definitely do that. Uh, and then of course now LinkedIn has LinkedIn audio or LinkedIn. I don't know if it's called live audio, but it is live. But basically it's like Clubhouse, except two years later, you know, but at the end of the day, use all the formats, but you have to have a good story, right? How do you stand out and how do you tell a more unique story than you, than the competition? Yeah. So the format and the media is secondary, but story and the messaging is at the core, which makes a lot of sense. You quickly mentioned that you use a lot of tools uh, as a part of your work. What are, what are some of the tools that you recommend? Well, so it depends on what you're focusing on, right? But for SEO, I'm a big fan of Ahrefs. Uh, I also like Wincher, which is a newer platform. I think it's newer based in Europe. And basically what you do when you're writing in WordPress, and I'm a big fan of people directly creating in WordPress just because copying and pasting always creates problems, right? With coding and other things. So just write in there and you can literally type in which keyword you're targeting and then it'll start tracking as soon as the article publishes, right? So I'm a, it's, I'm a big fan of everything in one place on doing that. And then of course I use Yoast as well. Other tools, uh, I do work with a designer quite often, but I also love Canva. I think that's easy to use for a lot of different things. I'm not a designer, but some of the easier things I need, I just hop in there, I just do them. Uh, Restream is my preferred platform to live stream and also not just live stream, but also record. So, you know, like I know, you know, we're recording on Zoom, but like my podcast, I do them in Restream. Typically I live stream them. Every once in a while, there's a problem with the connection, you know, and we'll just record them in Restream and then we'll do the live stream delayed, basically. So I'm a big fan of that. I think those are probably the, oh, you know what? If you're a content creator, I don't know how you can live without Grammarly. I think Grammarly is a fantastic tool to, you know, fix mistakes, to, to ask about, you know, oh, is this really what you meant? Like, here's a better recommendation. It probably takes the job of a first proofreader, honestly, maybe not an editor for strategy and those kind of things, but it definitely takes, I think it definitely takes the role of that first level proofreader and it does a pretty nice job uh, with that. Interesting. And some of the books that you would recommend for content strategy, content marketing? Andy Robinson just published a content puzzle. If you want to take a look at that, it really talks about all the different pieces, right? The content puzzle, basically of things you want to consider, things you need. Um, April Dunford's Obviously Awesome is a really good book on positioning. 
I definitely recommend that book as well. Jason Barnhart wrote Brand Serps for Business that came out a few months ago. And what's interesting about that is I think we forget about branded search quite a bit, myself included. So he talks about how do you tie that into your strategy and and again, you know, that could be some could be an easy, easy win. Who are some of the most interesting people that you follow on social media? Well, you know what? I always think that is a super hard question because you forget until you see them again. So on social media, I mostly follow brands. I think uh, Barry Schwartz is always a treasure trove of information. So certainly follow him. I think he's an important person when it comes to SEO. Other than that, I have to see them, honestly. When, uh, But Barry is a good one to follow. The Marketing and Clock podcast is a good one. That's a weekly podcast. Talks about, it's very interesting. They talk about marketing news. And that crew was on my podcast. And I asked them about it. Would you recommend to launch a podcast like this? And they said, absolutely not. Because the shelf life is only like four days you know, or six days, right? While my podcast episodes are relatively timeless, usually, even though we talk about things happening at the current time, but very interesting show. I learned a lot. I've, I've gotten a lot of, I don't say inside scoops because it was public, right? But things that I didn't know, like, for example, when Spotify rolled out video for podcasts, that's how I knew about it, right? Like I knew it because of them. And then I immediately applied to get it. Interesting. Wonderful. Christoph, a uh, lot of information, a uh, lot of insights. Uh, I think uh, we're scratching the surface, but I can do many more episodes to learn and deep dive into content strategy. Thank you so much for that. Where can people find you online? You bet. Thanks for having me. Uh, ChristophTrap.com is my website. Check it out there. Blog a couple of times a week, usually um, update old articles. Uh, C-Trap on Twitter. Don't know what's going to happen with Twitter, honestly. I had no plans to leaving, but but who knows? I mean, it seems like there's a lot of different things going on over there currently. Uh, but LinkedIn, you know, if you send me a LinkedIn invite, you can follow me. But if you do send me an invite, just let me know you heard me on this show. So I don't think you're just spamming me. Happy to connect there as well. Or you can just follow if you prefer that. Right. You also have a podcast. What is that called? Yeah, that's the Business Storytelling Show, uh, Business Storytelling Podcast. You can listen to that everywhere, christophtrap.com forward slash podcast. And it's also available on the DBTV network. So that's dbtv.tv, uh, which you can also watch on Roku and Amazon Fire and other places. So that's been kind of an interesting evolution I didn't think or didn't know about when the podcast started, right? Now we, now we put these on TV, but if you think about it, you know, it's no, yeah. I mean, this is no different than any other talk show, right? I mean, and their talk yeah. shows have been on TV forever. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that on this until I kind of saw that on your blog. So that's an interesting insight. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Christoph. Great pleasure talking to you. We'll hope to see you again on the show. You bet. Thank you so much. The Art of Social Media is brought to you by Social Pilot. To find out more about Social Pilot and how we can give you everything you need to hit your social media marketing goals, visit socialpilot.co. And then make sure to search for The Art of Social Media in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click follow so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Social Pilot, thanks for listening. <laughs>